If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Hey, what's up? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. Warning the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Episode two. Episode number two. We're no longer just a one and done. This is officially a series. We made it. Cheers to that series. Cheers. Boom. What you drinking? Um. Well, funny you should ask. First off, <laughs> okay, a quick shout out to a local brewery, Trench. I love Trench Brewing. We um, love Trench. So if you guys are listening, um, sponsor us. That's what we're saying. I'm, I'm specifically going to be messaging them You're now. just putting it right out there, <laughs> yep, eh? Yeah, 100%. Um, but actually, thankfully, because of you... Okay, long story short. So for everyone listening, there's this uh, local ale fest that usually happens with craft beer. And it's very hard to get tickets to generally. It's a pretty small thing. Local craft breweries, you know, put their stuff together and you go there and you try all this stuff in the craft breweries. It's it's a drunken evening of lots of different beer, basically. You try all this stuff. Um, however, because of COVID, yeah, that's not going to happen this year. So what they did is they decided to come out with a pack of beer from a bunch of local breweries. I had it in my calendar for like a month. I've been waiting to buy this pack of beer. Waiting and waiting. Okay, I didn't quite realize to the extent of like how important this was oh, to yeah. you. I had a reminder in my calendar for three days prior to. It was a really it was three days in a row. I had a reminder pop up on my phone. Oh gosh. Okay. Because they went on sale on a Friday morning. And I was like, I'm gonna go to the store as soon as I wake up from work. And I'm on night shift. So I wake up at like noon. Stores have been already open for like three hours. And I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my case of beer right away because I only made 1,300 cases in a yeah. small town. It's not that big of a deal. However, I woke up and they're all sold out. We had talked about me going and getting them. And that that didn't work out. <laughs> However, I am holding the trench brewing beer from that pack right now. And do you want to go on for the rest of the story? Well, basically in the span of 24 hours, I was the worst wife of the year. And then the best wife of the year. Hold on. I never said you were the worst well, okay. wife of the year. In my anything. opinion. I never blamed you. I felt that way because I was like, holy frig. Like I was up and there's like a liquor store two minutes away and I could have just hopped in my Civic and freaking got you this. Shout out to Civic. Sponsor us. Yeah. Honda. And now Honda. Let's get, let's get on us here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't do that. Um, I was working though. And I feel like most people who actually went and got it were probably supposed to be working probably. too. But anyway, that's aside. That's the point. Um, 
so I had just stuck it up on my Instagram story saying, oh, we missed out. Like if anyone has an extra pack, like let me know. I'll totally take it off your hands. And we had friends that had an extra pack and I was doing a photo shoot with them the next day. So I uh, picked it up and came home and surprised. Okay. Even before the photo shoot, I knew I was getting this and I almost told you because I can't keep surprises. You can never keep like secrets but I didn't. surprises. Well, I didn't yeah, tell well you. Well done on that. Well done. So I came in the house. I had this pack and I filmed your reaction. I need to make a TikTok out of that. Yeah, still. you do. Yeah, you do. But it was awesome. I was so excited. Wife of the year right there. That's why you're a keeper because you, you buy me beer that I can't buy my myself yeah yeah that's the only reason 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. okay well and i'm drinking trench too i'm drinking um their wild berry vodka seltzer How seltzer. You- seltzer it's like a spritzer seltzer like a i don't know bubbly drink and it's actually know. quite good but i do think their peach rosemary is my fave yeah but you're out of that so you're on your i already drank you're on your backup now yeah it's still a good backup. It's a good backup. Anything from Trench, highly recommend it. They're great people, great place, great mm-hmm. drinks. I go to them all the time. Totally. Do we have anything that we need to like announce or say anything? Oh, did we say that we have a an Instagram in our last podcast? If we I feel it, like we did, I don't know. If we didn't, we have an Instagram. Yeah, go check us out. It's Wicked and Grim, just over on Instagram. Boom. Yeah, and we'll be posting. I think personal stuff about us, but then also every episode will be posting stuff and like photos from the cases and stuff. If people want a little bit more like detail, they can go to yeah. Instagram and look at a cool photo. Exactly. And of course, I'm going to make sure that I put show notes in the description of this um, podcast as well. So if you want to find anything, do your own little research because I can't cover everything. Um, all the links are down below and uh, you can go down the rabbit hole that is the Internet to find even more. Because I, I can't post every link. I went through so many links, but I posted the big ones. So. Oh, gosh. Well, and then if you – like the podcast would be hours too. You could probably have an hour – like two-hour-long podcast on cases. So. Oh, I'm like the, the pod father, Joe Rogan himself, his podcasts are hours long. Like hours long. Right. I remember you telling me that. And I was like, how do people have time for that? I can't really listen to a podcast for longer than an hour. I'm pretty sure it's mostly just people sitting back smoking a joint and time just like – flies by for him sort of thing i mean joe rogan's a stoner himself so i'm pretty sure it's a stoner audience he has okay see i didn't know that i don't know him well He's, well i cannot that you do but i mean like i don't follow no, him i i don't i don't necessarily follow him but i do like watching some of his highlights sometimes he's he's a smart guy he's a smart very healthy very active guy but he, he does like his marijuana i know him from fear factor oh the fear factor guy i was all about freaking fear factor man that show was the shit good old days man and that just like dated us real real bad oh yeah in the 90s or did it run into the 2000s i don't even know i just remember it was always so terrifying when they um were getting like covered with snakes or insects like i just i could (laughs) not deal with that just mind over matter oh there is just i would rather eat a bug than that true okay what we are going to do though is we are going to take ourselves back to early two well i guess late 2000s this case actually takes place in july 30th of 2008 2008 yes well people are actually saying um like friends and stuff we were talking to are like can you do like a canadian case want to hear canadian stuff i want i plan on doing like worldwide cases yeah. but i definitely want to hit stuff close to home and I, rem- I remember specifically like when this happened i remember this in the news it was yeah. all over the news it was crazy like oh, holy how could this happen 100 percent. like this warning to anyone listening to this case or this this podcast this is a particularly gruesome case and very controversial as well. Um, we'll get into why it's controversial here in a little bit, but it's very controversial. I'm going to try and stay as neutral as possible for this one and kind of 
ride in between. Although I do have, I, I will voice my opinion, but I'll present it as neutral as possible. That's fair. That's okay. good. Okay. So this is actually, um, for, basically forever going to be known as the Greyhound bus beheading. Oh, okay. It has uh, a name. Well, I mean, it's anytime someone talks about it, that's, that's what they refer to it as. Oh, okay. It's a Greyhound bus beheading or Greyhound beheading or Greyhound murder, something along those lines. It's always attached to Greyhound, right? Which yeah. is unfortunate for that company, but. But they're still around, aren't they? Greyhound? Oh yeah, they are. Because we lost our Greyhound, but they're still a thing. Yeah, well, because we're so far north in British Columbia. It's like, who wants to travel there? <laughs> although, although um, the individual we are covering today, Tim McLean, who was the individual murdered on the Greyhound bus, uh, he was on his way to Winnipeg because he was packing up his, his belongings because he was actually moving to British Columbia. Oh, to Prince George? Yep. Yeah, so he was headed. He left his job. Well, maybe, sorry, not Prince George. Okay, I was to like, BC. really? Uh, sorry, he was, uh, he was packing up his stuff from... Uh, where he was in Edmonton. He was a carny and he was traveling back and forth. Oh, okay. And he was going over to Winnipeg, go home, get his stuff there, and he's going to travel to BC because he worked as a carny and he was all over the place, nice. you know, doing carnivals and he fell in love with BC. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. I've, I've got my pages of okay. notes. I'm excited for this let's, one. Let's start at the very beginning. So Tim McLean, um, he was actually 22 years old uh, when he unfortunately lost oh, his gosh, life. that's young. It really is. Uh, he was born October 3rd, 1985. So he is older than us. He, by by now, he would be, what, he would be like 20 or 35, I think. You're making us do math. Three years older than <laughs> us, so 35, yeah. Oh, he'd yeah. be turning 36 this year. Yeah. Okay, so he he lived in uh, Eli at Manitoba, which is just outside of Winnipeg. It's like 30 kilometers west. Um, and this town is like super small. Like, I don't even know if you can, I don't, they have a specific name for places that are this big. I'm not too sure what it is, but the population was 562. Oh, wow. Like, that's really tiny. small. Like everyone there knows everybody. Yeah. I can only imagine how, like, how this hit home when people heard of his oh, passing. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So Tim was like a super active person. He loved sports, you know, adventuring and clearly being a carny, traveling, that sort of stuff. Um, he was obsessed with his motorcycles. If you look up photos of him, often he's wearing like an OCC hat, which is the Orange County Choppers. Mm, yeah. Like you remember that show they had and everything? Yeah, totally remember. So yeah, he was all into that, that sort of stuff. Um, he was, he always loved like playing lighthearted pranks too. He was very like a personal, happy kind of guy. Oh, he sounds wonderful. Oh yeah. He was all around happy, made friends super easy. Um, and like his family actually even said, like, uh, I believe it's his obituary even. Uh, they said that he was, um, oh, we saw the good in everyone. Oh, you read his obituary? I did. Yes. Oh goodness. Well, I, I did quite a bit of digging. I know, but that just for some reason hit me. <laughs> he he was a good guy like reading everything i could and there it was actually really hard to find information on him specifically but but what i did find he seemed like he was an all-around really good individual hmm. awesome um and he actually he had a friend uh named tiffany like he made friends left right and center so he had an abundance of friends i'm sure but his friend tiffany um she was actually employed at the red river exhibition in winnipeg and she told Tim, like, hey, you know, like, this is a this is a dope place to work. You should come work with me. And that's that's how he got his job as a carny. OK. Um, and the, now this um, Red River exhibition, it was like part of like the Western carnival circuit. So, like I said, they would travel over like into B.C. or Alberta doing their carnival circuits all over the place. Right. OK, fun. Um, now, like his charisma, because he's such a nice guy, easygoing, easy to talk to. He, natural carny, like right off the get go, like he like thrived in this environment, like to the point where like he was making really good money and he was even running his own midway shows like quite shortly after he joined. Oh, okay. So I, I heard, I, 
another podcast I listened to, I'm not, I couldn't find how much he was making, but they said that he was making up to like a thousand dollars a week. And in 2000, 2008, like that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Like he's making good bank. I didn't realize that they would make that kind of money. Um, I mean, clearly they were. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I heard. I do think carnies and stuff back then were more popular than they are now. Carnivals, you mean? Carnies. Oh, sorry, carnivals. Yeah. I mean, carnies. Have they ever really been that popular? They're not. They're not known to be the nicest of folk. No. A little bit skeevy, but by the sounds of it, like to be making that much money and the charisma he had, I'm pretty sure he was like he was definitely top. liked in the circuit. Yeah. So he was he was making good money, which great for him. But I guess he was like he had a bit of a bit of a party life, you know. So he was spending it pretty much just as fast as he made. Mm. So which would lead him to go on to the next carnival, next carnival, you know, keep making that money. We all do that. The higher money you make, the more you spend. Oh, yeah. You always spend what you have. Oh, easy. Hey, I found this extra $50 in my pocket. Let's let's go buy something. Let's, let's order shop. dinner. Hey, we should do that anyways. <laughs> I'm always down for ordering dinner. Uh, okay. So by the end of July 2008, um, he worked his last carnival, actually the Klondike Days um, in Edmonton. Uh, some exhibition there. I'm not, I didn't do my research on that one, but some exhibition in Edmonton, that was his last carny, a carnival he worked um, because traveling all over Western Canada, he fell in love with British Columbia and he wanted to move over into BC. Oh, I don't blame him. Right. I mean, it's gorgeous here. It's I beautiful British Columbia for a reason. Yeah. Like I, I want to move, but I don't necessarily want to move from Peach or from BC. Oh, hundred percent. I want to stay in BC Yeah. for life. Yeah. We're lifers. So, yeah, he was not following the carnival to its next stop, which was going to be in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, he wanted to move, move to BC, but he was on his way home to Winnipeg via bus, the Greyhound bus, which was his preferred method of travel. I mean, as a carnival worker, you're traveling bus all the time, right? Yeah. So that's what he's used to. Uh, there was reports of you know people offering to help pitch in and get him a plane ticket home. And he's like, no, no, I'm good. Take the bus. Oh, no. And that bus was number 1170. I hate when they had other options. Right? It's and like that they could have taken, but they didn't. And then that's like their worst decision of their life. But hindsight's 2020, 20, right? It is. It is. I mean, Should've, the could've, plane, could've. something could have happened too. Who knows? Right? Like maybe it was just his time. Right? Who like fi- Final Destination. Remember those movie movies? You don't go your, you don't go on the, the roller coaster ride and carnival incident <laughs> right off the bat <laughs> in that movie. I just realized you don't go on the roller coaster ride. You don't die. And then it's like, Oh, you just, you escape death. You were supposed to die on there. That was your fate. And then like death is chasing you up throughout the movie. You just die another way. Exactly. So oh, I mean, okay. who knows? Maybe that, maybe that is how life works. There's no totally. one to say it, it isn't. It could be. Yep. So anyways, that's, that's Tim. That's unfortunately Tim was, is our victim. Uh, Vince Lee is uh, the perpetrator in this case. So I keep picking up my, my drink here. And yeah, it's like you want a drink. Just have a drink. <sighs> it's good. It's a sour beer, and I'm not even much for sours usually, but I like but this it, one. You like it? I do. Good. So a little background on Vince. Vince Lee was a 40-year-old immigrant from Dangdong, China. I mean, in 2005, he was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia, but he left that untreated. So he never took medication for it. Uh, it was just kind of like, that's that's that so you can be diagnosed with something and and it's like your choice to leave it untreated i mean i'm I'm sure in some cases i'm not too sure on how schizophrenia I how that works. is yeah. i mean who's gonna really enforce you to take your medication true when you're a grown person right grown adult yeah like if you, if you have arthritis and you're at home with your arthritis medication who's to say you're taking it 
There's a slight difference between that and schizophrenia. Not necessarily. I mean, yes and no. But I mean, as of right now, there's no reason to assume that he's a harmful individual to himself or even anyone else. True. Yeah, he's just diagnosed. Yeah. So Vince was actually going through some hard times. Um, He was like doing like job hopping, like menial type jobs, just like anything you can get, like minimum wage sort of thing. Um, He was currently working as a paper delivery um, guy, person, a paper delivery job. I don't know exactly what the job entailed, but it was a paper delivery job. That's what I found. Okay. Um, and he, he was on his way from Edmonton to Winnipeg cause he was going for another job interview. He actually got time off his, his job to go to another job interview, which I mean, good on that boss. I can't imagine any boss that I've ever had giving me time off for a job interview. Well, maybe they didn't know it was for another job. Maybe that's true. That's true. I never really thought of it that way. Way to just like slander that boss. Be like, he's not actually a good guy. Yeah, maybe he's not. <laughs> um, and he, uh, Vince, actually is been, has been working in Edmonton. He left his wife behind in Winnipeg. Um, I believe his wife's name was Anna. Um, he left because, you know, he's going through hard times trying to find good jobs. He left his wife behind in Winnipeg. They're not split up, but he left her behind to go to work in Edmonton, find better prospects of jobs and everything. And eventually their plan was Anna would move over to Edmonton with him. But clearly, since he's going back to Winnipeg for another job interview, it's not working out. It's not going well. Right. So okay. this guy's really on hard times, right? Yeah. So before he left for Winnipeg, actually, um, he went to a local Canadian Tire. And for those who are not familiar with Canadian Tire, it's like a hardware automotive store. It's like a, it's like a Walmart, but it's for like... You go there buy parts or paint or yeah, camping gear. Yeah, but it gear. also has like kit. It almost has lots of things. It has kitchen stuff and furniture and stuff too. Yeah, it does. It does. It, but it's 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 really hard to explain what it is. It is actually hard. There's no produce. You don't go there buy Sporting groceries goods. or clothes. Sporting goods, outdoor goods. There's automotive sections. Like it's that kind of store. Yeah. So that's what Canadian Tire is. And he went to Canadian Tire to buy himself a large hunting knife. Now, the reason why I bought this large hunting knife is because <clears throat> he said God told him your life is in danger. People will try and kill you and you need protection. Wow. Right. Okay. So that, that's why he went to Canadian Tire to purchase this hunting knife. Okay. And he's purchasing this story on his way home? Before he went home. Okay. So okay. he's got the time off. He went, purchased his hunting knife, and now he's going to hop on the bus. To go home. In Winnipeg. For the job interview. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So now that's kind of hit the background a bit there. And on July 29th, Vince Lee boarded a bus bound for Winnipeg from Edmonton. Now this was the day before Tim left to Winnipeg. So the bus actually stopped. The bus that Vince was on ended up stopping in Erickson, Alberta for, you know, pit stop, food stop, bathroom break, whatever, right? People stretch yeah. their legs. And Vince actually stayed there. He didn't get back on the bus because, again, God told him that you need to stay here. Okay. Oh, no. So technically, he should have been ahead of... uh, He should have been one day ahead of Tim. But God told him to stay in Erickson. And so Tim got off the bus and never got back on that bus. Or sorry, Vince got on that bus and never got back on. Oh, man. And the bus left without him. Okay. So Vince was left sitting on that bench all night. All night. Into the morning, and there was some witnesses, witness statements saying that they saw Tim sitting on that bench about three in the morning, wide-eyed. Vince? Or sorry. Yes. Yes, Vince. Vince Lee. 
you got me. You got me confused there for a minute. I second guess myself. Vince is sitting on this, yeah. this bench at 3 a.m., wide-eyed, just staring off into the night, sitting on that bench. Oh, my. And That's there's, a sight in itself. Right? And shortly after that, uh, there was a little later in the morning, around 6 in the morning, I believe, there was a, a young kid who purchased a laptop from Vince. Vince took out his laptop, slapped a sign on it saying $600 for sale. Kid drove by on his bike and was like, I don't have money for laptop. How much would you go? Kid had 60 bucks. Vince sold his laptop to this kid for 60 bucks. 60 bucks? 60 bucks. So, I mean, 60 bucks for your $600 laptop to some kid at 6 a.m. in the morning on a bus stop bench. Like, there's, there's, clearly, there's clearly something going on in his mind. Something's not right. Even, though, even if we don't know um, what God has been specifically saying Telling to him, him yet. Yeah. There's clear indications that something is not right. Absolutely. So he stayed there the entire day and it was pretty well 24 hours later where he boarded the bus back on. He got back on the bus bound for Winnipeg because he hadn't heard from God since he left the bus. And he stayed in er Erickson nearly 24 hours. And when he got back on the bus, that bus he got on was number 1170. The same bus (sighs) Tim McLean's on. Yes. 24 hours is a long time to just be sitting there waiting. Right? Well, he was waiting for the voice to say something again, and it never did. Wow. Okay. So he gets on the bus, and he sits in one of the first front rows, while Tim is actually sitting in one of the back rows. So they're almost a bus length apart, and there's 37 people on this bus. And I looked up. I don't know what model bus they were on, but about 55 people is the normal amount of people a bus can fit. So this bus isn't packed, but it's it's fairly That's a lot of people on there. Yeah. So this bus, you know, began its way over to to Winnipeg. And it ended up making another stop in Brandon, Manitoba. You know, bathroom break, food break, whatever. Maybe filling up for gas. That sort of thing. Stretch your legs. Right. And on that break, when everyone was getting back on, Vince decided he was going to change seats. So instead of sitting in one of the front rows, he continued past his seat he was sitting in into the next one, into the next one. And he's looking at each seat on his way by, and he comes to the seat in the back where Tim is sitting, decides this is where he's going to sit, and he sits down right next to Tim. Oh, man. Okay. So some people had noticed that Vince was having some odd behavior during this entire trip. He was uh, he was rocking back and forth. There was even a report of him. Uh, he had a roll of toilet paper, and he had a, an iced tea, a bottle of iced tea. And he would tuck the roll of toilet paper under his chin and then like unscrew the the cap for the iced tea, take a drink from the iced tea, screw the cap back on, and then take the toilet paper out from under his chin and hold on to them both. Well, that's interesting. That's very weird. Like, why wouldn't you just put the toilet paper down or put it in your bag? Catching drips? Who knows? Who knows what his his thought process was, Mm -hmm. but he was doing interesting things like that. And it was Well, I mean, imagine you would before what's about to go down. Right. And it was, it was progressively getting worse, too. Eventually, um, he was actually chanting in another language, chanting and muttering. So it, it got quite severe. All the while, Tim is next to him, leaning against the window, um, trying to sleep with his headphones on. So not really the, the wiser of how the odd behavior is playing out next to him. He's probably trying just to, like, ignore him. Probably. Yeah. So at approximately 8.30 p.m., Vince heard a voice that said, the man next to you has to die. (gasps) No. And a witness across the the aisle from Vince 
uh, said he saw Vince reach into his bag and pull out a hunting knife <gasps> and quickly began attacking and stabbing Tim McLean. Oh, repeatedly. no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. So immediately, you know, someone screams because they just saw this happen. So they're screaming, no, stop the bus, stop the bus. The bus oh, pulls over. Oh, this is over. like mid-driving. This is mid-driving. They're driving. Oh, I, okay. They're not even at a pit stop or no. stop. They're driving. They're Holy driving. frig. Okay, that's too much. So I don't know why that makes it The bus more driver bad. pulled over on the shoulder of the road oh. and everyone's getting out of the bus. Yeah. While Vince is leaned over. And Tim is between Vince and the window with nowhere to go. Oh, no. Like, just horrific. Yeah. Oh, no. So there are um, signs of defensive wounds. Like, Tim tried to to defend himself or escape or even maybe fight back. He eventually ended up over the aisle. Some people say he tried to climb over the seat. I couldn't find any report specifically of that. All I could see in any report was that he ended up in the aisle somehow. Uh, with defensive wounds on his hands. So he tried. Yes. I, I wonder if like they were both the same size or. No, actually, Tim was not a, a very big individual. Uh, he was like your average kind of guy. I, by the photos I saw, I didn't see his weight or anything, but I would say he was probably, I don't know, 5'10", 190 pounds. Whereas okay. Vince was, I believe Vince was six foot tall. Oh, and, so he's much bigger. And he was probably, I would estimate to be 230, maybe 240. Oh, okay. So he didn't even like stand a chance really. He had a much larger guy on top of him with a hunting knife. Yeah. And it, it wasn't the case where it was like, he just stabbed him a couple of times. He repeatedly over and over and over was stabbing him. And by the time that the bus was evacuated, I saw one report that they estimate there could have been up to uh, 60 to 80 stab wounds by the Holy. time the bus was evacuated. So after Tim is laying in the middle of the aisle, the bus is evacuated. Vince then tried to exit the bus. Uh, he goes to the front and tries to go out the door, but the bus driver, I've got it, sorry, I've, I'm not even looking at my notes because I know this story so well by <laughs> now. Uh, the bus driver's name uh, was Bruce Martin. Him and a passenger from the bus and a, a truck driver who had stopped was flagged down. Um, the three of them managed to keep the door closed on Vince Lee, uh, but Vince, like they closed it on his arm he, as he's swinging the knife out the front door. Like he's he's trying to, I don't know if he's trying to kill someone else or if he was just trying to just slash his way through sort of thing to get away. So, like, it was just Vince and Tim on the bus at that time? Yes. And, but they, do they don't, they probably don't even know if Tim was dead? They don't know. But they close the door on, on Vince trying to escape. And they literally close it, like, on his arm. So they, he gets his arm back and he goes back to Tim. Oh, you know, I don't even know if that's, like, the right decision. But I guess it is. I don't know. Well, I just feel, just, okay, sorry. Just hold on here. Just sorry. hold on. Because I know where you're going with this. Because they just <gasps> closed the door on this guy, right? Yeah. Well, when Vince goes back to Tim to continue to like mutilate his body, uh, they open the door again and they, one of the individuals, I can't remember who it was. I didn't write down which, if it was a bus driver or the trucker or one of the uh, passengers went back on the bus to see what was happening. Like if Tim is okay. And so he gets on the bus and he's standing about where the bus driver would be. And Tim is in the back of the bus with Vince. Mm -hmm. And he said he looked at Vince in the eye and Vince had like an expressionless face and took his knife and began cutting off Tim's head. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So in that instant, he knew that Tim was not alive. Yes. So he left the bus and they closed the door again with... Vince and Tim both inside the bus. I mean, if he had that many stab wounds, he was probably like already dead. But then if they just had let Vince off and captured him in that moment. But who's going to capture him? I mean, but it's putting so many other people at risk because at that point, no one else was injured really, right? It was just him. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's a struggle. I mean, you have someone being murdered. You, the first thing you need to do is get everyone safe. Yeah. It's better that just one person, I guess, is injured than way more. And it's not like they unknowingly just locked him up in there. Like someone went back in there to try and take a look, right? That helps me a bit. It does. There there are good Samaritans. They did try and do what they could do. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So Vince, unfortunately, mutilated him to the point where he did fully decapitate his his head and he was holding it up like a trophy oh boy. expressionless though like he wasn't showing it off but he was just holding it up and walked towards the front oh, of the bus that's probably just like a sight that you would just never get out of your head i can only imagine like it's gruesome yeah so vince once at the front of the bus drops the head and tries to get out the door again but the door is closed they can't do it he tries he tried to like open the door via the mechanisms and the drivers there. Some say he was tried to start the bus, but he mm. could, whatever he was trying to do, he couldn't because the bus driver actually did disable things in the oh, bus. That's good. So nothing could happen. He was stuck in this Imagine bus. Imagine if he just like took off. Holy moly. Right. And I wonder also if Greyhound, like it's so surprising what, that this knife was even allowed on the bus, but I, I don't think they really check. Maybe they do now, but from my experiences, like I don't really know if they check bags. The only time I've ever been on a Greyhound bus was like with a a group of individuals for like a sports team. So I know most of the people on the bus sort of thing. Yeah. I've never traveled via Greyhound where it's like, you know, you pay your ticket, you go on with a bunch of strangers. I'm not sure how it works. Well, my grandma used to, and I don't think they ever checked. It's nothing like the airlines, but I mean, that could totally change. I have no idea. If it changed, it probably changed After from this, this incident. Yeah. So after he couldn't escape the bus for the second attempt, he went back to Tim and began dismembering and mutilating his body further. Oh, no. Now, the reason Vince later said the reason why he did this was because the voice in his head told him that if he didn't, uh, Tim's body would come alive again and kill him. Oh, wow. So that is why he went back and continued to mutilate the body. Oh, Okay. So at about this time, the RCMP, the police, have arrived on the scene, and they actually barricade the door shut uh, with a, a squad car right there. Oh, okay. Uh, so they lit, they get a perimeter set up. Like, it's he's in a bus surrounded by cops. Mm -hmm. There's this, no way really anyone else is getting hurt. Yes. Unless it's him, I guess. 100%. So now we have, we have a scene under control by police force now. 
So you, you kind of had a spot where you're like, I don't know if they should have locked him in there. I mean, that's, that's civilians. You can't really judge their in the moment call. This is where the first, uh, the first incident of like, I don't know if they should have done it this way. The first controversy happens because what happens is they actually lock him in the bus and they decide that they're going to wait this out. They don't go in there, try and apprehend them or anything. They decide they're going to wait this out. I wonder why though. I'm not too sure. I couldn't find anything on that, but they, they decide they're going to wait it out. I mean, other than continue to mutilate Tim, which is horrific in its own right. Don't get me wrong. He is already dead. The only other individual he can harm is himself at this point. I guess. So what they did try to do, um, Corporal Harder being one of the officers on the scene, uh, he tried to communicate with Vince and tried to get him to like drop the knife out the window, try and get rid of the, that's what they're trying to do. It's they, They're considering this like a hostage situation of Vince himself. Like he has himself hostage. But, but they would totally have eyes on him too though. Like you think that they could have like shot him or something. That, that's where the controversy is. It's like, okay, should they have done something with further force? But then, like you said, no more damage is really going to happen-ish. Either way, whatever the the call was, why they made the call, the call was that they're going to wait this out. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't drop the knife out the window. Vince was actually, he muttered something about, like, I'm staying on this bus, or I must stay on this bus forever. So clearly, like, over these events, the RCMP are very aware that there is something wrong with this individual. Mm -hmm. So over the next almost five hours... Five hours? Vince was locked in the bus with Tim's body. Okay, I had absolutely no idea it was that long. Yep. Okay. That's so surprising that it's been that that long and they're just waiting it out. Yep. Well, because the stabbing approximately started at 8.30 p.m., right? Um, I'm going to get into this a little in just a moment here, but uh, Vince tr- eventually gets apprehended at about 1.30, 1.20 a.m. So it's almost five hours from the initial stabbing to apprehension okay i just had to count that out because i felt like it was last time (laughs) (laughs) definitely not i counted it out about four or five times just to be sure yeah i was counting on my fingers (laughs) so over the course of these five hours vince continued to mutilate tim's body oh man he would scatter parts throughout the bus he would carry things pieces of tim all over the place holy shit not only pieces but like including internal organs like he would oh that's too much and then he would go back and recollect them and start bagging them and things uh he was also seen cannibalizing tim's body eating pieces cutting off and eating pieces of tim's flesh see at that point that's too much that's too much the rcmp even witnessed vince licking the blood from his fingers and hands yummy so eventually at 1.20 a.m. July 31st, the next day after five hours of this, because it is 1.30 a.m. Yeah, it's a new day. Um, Vince did try to escape through a window and was quickly apprehended. Like, he's not getting away, right? Like, he's he's surrounded by oh, I don't yeah. know how many officers at this point. Um, so he was apprehended, and in his pocket, they found uh, a bag with Tim's ear, nose, and part of his mouth in it. Oh, no. I feel so bad. Like the Tim, family, right? Family, Tim, everything about this. Like he was so mutilated. It is so unfortunate. Oh yeah. Cause just imagine like the family getting all these pieces mm-hmm. back and like 
a lot of them are probably just smushed in the bus or something like oh so excluding like the pieces everywhere Mm -hmm. tim's body showed excess of a hundred stabs slashes and gaping wounds can even just this popped in my head imagine like the trauma that the autopsy person had to go through yeah of that that's brutal to Mm -hmm. have to look at that now with his head his eyes were actually missing oh yeah one third of his heart was missing. Okay. And both of these are presumed to have been eaten by Vince. They were never found. Wow. Never found. His eyes and one third of his heart were never found. Hmm. I don't know if that'd be the pieces of the body I'd go for. Later in, later on when Vince was a little more cognitive of his thoughts and what he was doing. Uh, he denied ever eating anything of Tim, but they saw it. They, they saw so him he, eating. Pieces. He probably just doesn't even like, he was almost like probably blacked out or something in his mind. Potentially going on. Potentially. Mm-hmm. But it's, I, I remember this being on the news and I do not remember it being this gruesome on the news. Oh, I, it would never have been able to. Oh, be. I, I know. I know. But like, even I don't remember reports of even cannibalism happening. Yeah. And I couldn't, it researching this like it it churned my stomach i can only imagine being one of the passengers who witnessed this one of the rcmp officers on scene like you say one of the autopsy individuals the parents i just think have because you want to know how my son died or whatever i just couldn't even imagine hearing this right i think that i would just be the most angry of people in the whole world it gets worse Okay, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I feel like this is um, as worse it can get. As far as the mutilation of Tim goes, we, we know everything. But the controversy, the, the, the controversy, do you hear that? The, the Sean Connery in me just came out, the controversy. <laughs> the controversy. The controversy. <gasps> that sounded like the Grinch. You're a mean one. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to assume that's a compliment. <laughs> Shout out to Jim Carrey. <laughs> He's awesome. Right? Jim Carrey, sponsor us. I I don't know how or what or why, but Jim Carrey, you're awesome. We like you. (laughs) So the controversy is just beginning. So Vince, shortly after after being apprehended, realized that he was going to be going uh, to trial, right? Like he's he's going to court, clearly. Mm -hmm. But he realized he's not going to be getting the death penalty. The death penalty isn't a thing in Canada. Yeah, I was like, is that a thing even then? Nope. No. And he learned this, and all he had to say about that, he never really said anything in court. The only thing he ever really did say was, please kill me. Oh, he wanted that. He wanted the death penalty. Can I ask a side note question? What's that? Is he married still? Um, Or do we know? Like, to this day? Well, no, at the time of, like, when he was doing this murder. At the time, he was married as far as I'm aware. Because okay. what had happened is his wife is in Winnipeg, he's in Edmonton, and the plan was to that she would move over to Edmonton with him when he has a job and he's doing better. But he was looking for a job now back in Winnipeg. Good so Lord. I assume they were together. I doubt they're together now. Oh, I would doubt it. But I assume at the time they were still married. Okay. They were they were separated, not I don't think because of marital issues but they were separated because he's trying to find better prospects of money and jobs. Yeah. That's stressful. So he, anyways, he kept saying like, please kill me. His trial, uh, only took two days and it only heard from two individuals on the stand, two psychologists who basically said like, this dude is 
has like a plethora of mental issues. So on March 5th, 2009, this is where the controversy starts. His trial ended and he was found to be not criminally responsible due to mental illness and his untreated schizophrenia. I'm going to repeat that. Not criminally responsible due to mental illness and untreated schizophrenia. So he is going to see no jail time and is going to have no criminal record. Okay, but is he going to, he's going to be going to like a hospital for life or whatever? Yes, he was placed in a mental mental facility for sure. Because I feel like that actually happens a lot. Well, but then I didn't. I didn't actually realize these people don't have a criminal record. Then though, yeah, that's he has zero criminal record. That's crazy. Yeah, like so, crazy. And like Tim's family, like furious. There was like they tried to get a lot of like federal law changed so this can't happen again. Like they were they were trying to do everything they could to have this situation fixed because this is as far as a lot of people think bullshit. And I'm gonna say. I really don't know how to say this kindly, but I think it is too. I understand he went through a lot of shit. He had a lot going he on in a, his head. Yeah, and mental illness is serious. It is very serious. But if if he's if he's had to be in a hospital for life, that makes sense. He he literally butchered a dude for five hours. Yeah. Oh, it needs to be on his record for sure. He needs to have some sort of record. Yeah. So, anyways, he went to a mental facility and. You know, of course, he's he's locked up in this mental facility. He doesn't yeah. get access to the outside world or anything. Yeah. Um, they got him on medication. He was doing great. And he became what they referred to as a model patient. So he was initially put in shortly after his trial, right? Like immediately after, which was concluded in March 2009. And in February of 2014, the Criminal Code Review Board granted unescorted trips to a nearby city. Like he, an escort means he's going by himself. By himself. <laughs> for 30 minutes. Okay, and this is eight, year, eight years after the incident? Um, Well, 2009 to 2014, so that's what, oh, five okay. years. Oh, and he's unescorted trips away. Unescorted trips to the nearby city. Okay. Yes. Wow. There were some stipulations for 30 minutes at a time. He had to be on his medication and he had to have a cell phone so he could be reached and communicated with and found that sort of stuff. So it started at 30 minutes at a time. That's not actually very safe measures, but keep going. And began increasing over time. So 30 minutes, then to an hour, then to a couple hours, then to full days. Because like I could easily run away and just ditch myself. Right. Home. And what if he, what if he, it, what what if the medication isn't actually working? He's just pretending. Or what if he does forget his medication? I'm, ass I'm assuming that they're going to make sure he's taking his medication before these trips. That it's not just like, oh, yeah, make sure you take your meds. You know, have a good day. Like they're they're witnessing him taking his medication, that sort of thing. Or but what if he takes his medication, gets off, and then just throws it up in the nearby bush or something? Yeah, you could still leave and then you don't have your meds and then something could happen. So th there are arguments for both sides here. And like I said, I'm going to try and stay neutral. Yeah. So yeah. he's on his medication, which he's been model citizen or model patient for the last five years on his medication. No episodes sort of thing. So they're granting him these day passes. However, these day passes eventually get into he can live in a specific community. 
to now we're in February of 2017, he was granted, quote unquote, an absolute discharge. He is living free under the new name, Will Lee Baker. No criminal record, no jail time. Oh, goodness. Living a free person. Okay, so I just have to say something. Like, I actually feel for him because, like, having a mental illness like that is, it's, that would be awful. It is. But then the thing is, he obviously, because I know there's, I bet there's different stages or, or whatever, right? And he has it fairly bad. Mm-hmm. Well, schizophrenia is different for every individual, well, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, like it affects people differently, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine his is very bad for him to be. For something like that, it's got to be severe. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel, I you hear about people forgetting or not wanting to take their drugs. And then what happens if something like that happened again? Or what if he just loses his medication? What if he's out camping, for example, with friends or something? Who and don't then know the who he is. start again right away. And, and then he slaughters his friends in a tent. Like that's, that's where this controversy lays. He's a free individual. Oh. He could stop taking his medication for whatever reason. I'm sure there are going to be, I couldn't find it because there's very little to be found after that absolute discharge grant. Um, but I'm sure there are some measures they're taking because I know he has like a court appearance every year where they talk, like they update things. That's not even 10 years. Right. But he literally got away with murder. He got away with murder and there's very little that happened about it. There is no, nothing towards his family, like the closure for them. Their son was butchered over the course of five hours, cannibalized by an individual who just changed their name and is walking free. It ha- you'd have to imagine that something would have to be on the record then because there's probably certain jobs that they can't do with with the mental illness like that. As far as I can find, he has no criminal record. And it specifically says an absolute discharge means you have no criminal record. Holy moly. Because I just feel like, I mean, what if you're like working with children or something? I, mean, I don't know. Background check won't show anything. He has no criminal record. If you, Unless you Google his name, I'm sure he has no criminal record and you can find nothing about it. I feel like now, anytime I ever have to hire someone, I'm doing a thorough Google search. <laughs> Rightfully <laughs> so, honestly. Now, there's a little bit of another piece to this story. Um, unfortunately, on July... In July of 2014, so about the time where he began his criminal discharge, like just shortly before that, I'm sorry, his, (laughs) uh, his, wow, I'm all over the place. My notes here trying to say this part. You got this. I'm going to try. On July 2014, shortly before Vince was granted his first um, 30 minute unescorted trip, his first you know, unescorted discharge from his facility. Yeah. Um, a retired RCMP corporal uh, committed suicide due to the PTSD <gasps> over the course of his career and mainly due to the PTSD from this specific event. Oh, no. So it's claimed another life. It claimed another life. He tried to commit suicide oh. prior to and was thankfully stopped. But un- unfortunately, the second time he was successful and did manage to take his own life. Oh, because just the visuals, eh? Yes. And his wife said that that he did not want to be known as the Greyhound guy. 
that he, the cop, like the police officer. The cop, because he was, he was known to his friends, you know, he was one of the officers on the scene. So he was, you know, he's a Greyhound guy. He was there. He saw it. Well, you're the guy, you're one of the guys there, right? Oh, no. He did not want that stigma attached to him and the PTSD from what he saw and experienced that night. Along with the rest of his career, it's not solely on this incident, but along mm-hmm. with the rest of his career and mostly because of this night, he took his own life. That's really sad because it, it's not, it, they, those people probably weren't even intending for to put a title on him like that. Right. But it happened and oh gosh, that's sad. That's so sad. Yeah. So like you say, it took not only Tim McLean's life, but another one as well. Yeah. And how, um, did you say 2014 is when it took, when he took his own life? Yes, he did. And I, I don't have it written down here. I'm, I'm looking up my computer right now. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. I'm going to look up his name right now just so we can make sure that we get him in this and we can, you know, make sure he... Do you want me to Google? No, I, I got it. I got it. I, just, if you talk for a minute. <laughs> okay, well, what the heck am I supposed to say? I don't know anything. Oh, oh man. I mean, okay, I knew a little bit about this case from just hearing it on the news and such, but I did not know to the detail and extent of what happened on the bus. And, oh, I I just, yeah, I have I have no words. I have no words. Maybe we should just have a moment of silence while you're doing this. Okay, so it is retired RCMP Corporal Ken Baker who unfortunately took his own life. Ken Baker, do you know how old he is? Um, I, I'm sure it's there in the article, which I'll put it down in the links below. Yeah. So you can take a look for yourselves and, and really give it a sad. read. Um, however, his life aside, or, I mean, that's, that's so bad to say it. That's not what I mean, his life aside. Um, his case aside, Tim's case aside, Vince has said like he's extremely remorseful for what happened. Um, And he said he will never forgive himself for what he did. However, that, that doesn't change. Like he's walking free. Well, he still has the mental illness. He does. It's in check. It's very easy for it to potentially be unchecked though. It is. Or has a potential to be Yeah, like it's, it's very controversial for a lot of people are saying like, you know, this is a dangerous individual who's walking around free and then of course mental health advocates and every right so like he was sick because he went and got the help he needed or he well he he didn't go and get it he was forced it really Mm -hmm. because of what he did and now he does potentially need to be living a life yeah but gosh yeah there's there's two sides to this but there has to be a middle and there should probably just be something on his his record, really. Well, the middle that we have is what happened. However, I I that's my main thing is that I understand he had no jail time. I get that because he went and he got help at a mental facility. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fine. Him not having a okay, him living free now. I can even I'm not solely with it, but I can kind of understand. The part that I don't get is he does not have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. 
because him living free, if he had a criminal record would make more sense to me, him living free without any criminal record does not make sense. Well, and I think I was thinking he would be in that, the, is that what they're called? Mental, mental institutions? Uh, hospital like i'm a not facility. I'm it's a mental a facility. mental facility is what i've been saying i'm not totally certain but um i wasn't thinking that he would be in there for like life yeah that's what i would assume as well but he is because if a murder was like that done they would go to prison for life yeah i mean no mental illness aside or whatever mm-hmm. right but he's not criminally responsible is what they they found in in court so why should he have to pay the crime though According to the law, someone legally, needs to pay. But according to the law, legally, he is not responsible for it. So why does he need to pay? According to the law, I guess. But I feel like someone died, and yeah. like f- th- someone needs to pay for that. That I was agree. a brutal murder. It 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 hurt to research this one. That that five hours in a bus just five kills hours. Me. Yeah, I honestly, I mean, the news, the news probably didn't even. Maybe they didn't know the story to the extent, but I would have thought that it would have been like half an hour, maybe an hour. Right. But to, to learn that it was five hours blows yeah. my mind. So we're going to have trouble finding cases. Well, no, I'm sure we're not going to have trouble, but second episode and we have a gruesome case like this. So I'm sure we've got more to come. I might not go so gruesome on my next episode. I don't know. I, I've got a couple ones that I might pull from. I've got ideas. I got to figure out which one's going to be You need a break next. from the gruesome? Maybe. Although they're all going to be gruesome. Just this is extremely gruesome and controversial. I I want a, an incident where I can yell at the dude for being a dick and not have yeah. an excuse or feel bad. I know. Because, yeah, you feel like you have to watch what you say slightly because, I mean, yeah, that total, like mentalness is a thing and he it was is. sick. Yeah, and uh, there's every right to consider that. But then this other person died very horrifically and that's awful yeah so i don't know if you guys have opinions hit us up on instagram we're we'd love to hear what you have to say yeah so i'm going to throw you to the wolves here nicole next episode is going to be your episode it's all me and i'm giving no hints no no hints no hints nothing just wait i've been so nice to you over the course of like the the three weeks you've been leading up starting this podcast letting you know the stuff i'm doing Nope. Wow. No You've hints. been like milking information from me left, right, and center, and I've been so nice. And now you're dropping this. Brutal. You're just going to have to wait and hear it. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to wait and hear it. And you guys can hear Nicole run her first episode. Ah, what? I'm so nervous. It's going to be good, though. It's going to be fun. Okay. So I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode. So cheers to episode two. And you start cheers. in episode three. Do you remember what we're supposed to say at the end of our podcast? Didn't you say stay wicked? Yeah. Okay, so... Stay wicked. Boom. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.